Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast, the 21st day of March 2023. Happy Tuesday to you, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate the use of your ears and your mouth for spreading the word, telling a friend and all that good stuff. It only grows because of you, so I appreciate that. Don't forget, go enter this week's book battle is between Ivanka Trump and Michelle Malkin, autographed books by both. You can choose which one you want, and if your name is drawn, you win. Just go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. It's self-explanatory. It's just that easy. So somebody's going to win. Why not you? All right, let us get started. Action-packed program for you. Lots of stuff going on, tons of things to talk about, and we've got to start off talking about what? Of course, we have to talk about the former president of the United States. And I'm going to make a lot of people angry, probably, with my take on this. But I'll tell you what the gist is before I tell you my take on it. On Saturday morning, or Friday, I don't know when the hell was this, that the uh, president of the United States announced, the former president of the United States, sorry, announced that he would probably be arrested on Tuesday. (laughs) Like, what? He'd probably be arrested on Tuesday. Now, why? There's really nothing. There's no basis for it. There's nothing whatsoever, to be honest with you. And that's my problem with it. I They don't really telegraph punches like this. So that Donald Trump says this doesn't mean anything to me. I don't believe him. I'm happy to be, well, I'm not happy. If I'm proven wrong, I'll be the first to eat a big steaming pile of crow. But uh, this just doesn't seem like anything on uh well i don't know it was friday or no it was saturday morning trump tweeted didn't tweet he uh put it out on truth social it's amazing to me. just come back to twitter donald just come back to for god's sakes yeah oh i know you own truth social or you used to own truth social and when you sold it you probably had some kind of deal of uh you got to use that thing but Honestly, nobody sees your stuff there, except for the reporters who follow you, then screen capture it and put it on Twitter. You're not building up the traffic. Come back to where the traffic is. Come to Flavor Country, Donald. He uh, sent out, quote, uh, Now illegal leaks from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan district attorney's office, which has allowed new records to be set in violent crime and whose leader is funded by George Soros, indicate That with no crime being able to be proven and based on an old, fully debunked by numerous other prosecutors, fairy tale, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States will be arrested on Tuesday of next week. Protest. Take our nation back. Now, is that true? We'll find out tomorrow. Does that seem true? Does that seem to pass the credulity test? Not really to me. 
the alleged, look, I don't put it past the Democrat to do damn near anything, but the idea of arresting a former president is beyond the pale even for them. It just, especially for what amounts to a misdemeanor charge that they're trumping up to be a felony, but still even a, a very minor felony. I just have difficulty believing this. Now, again, if I'm proven wrong, I will be the first to admit it. And you can go ahead and email me all your hatred and vitriol about my comments. But in the grand scheme of things, doesn't this seem a little bit unbelievable? First of all, the grand jury is still calling witnesses today. So I'm not really sure that they, if they've already made up their mind, grand juries don't just sit around and after they've already indicted the principal, after they've done all their business, they go ahead and go through the motions. Let's go ahead and call more witnesses. We've decided, but let's go call more witnesses. That doesn't really happen all that often in a grand jury. But Donald Trump being arrested, the verbiage there is meant to elicit an emotional response. It's meant to elicit the idea that Donald Trump will be the police will come and get him. He will be handcuffed. He will be marched out. I can promise you that the Secret Service would not allow that to happen, especially for something like this. Now, if a former president shoots and kills somebody, then you'd say, well, yeah, they're going to come and get him. Of course they're going to come and get him if they don't turn themselves in. But if you're going to arrest a former president, you're not going to be able to get with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. You can't just flash a badge. The Secret Service isn't going to go, hey, Stop. You can't come into this uh, building, this room, this whatever. The president, the former president of the United States is here. We've secured this area. You can't come in here. And you flash a badge. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. What was that movie called? Eyes Wide Shut. All right. A lot of nudity in Eyes Wide Shut. But a lot of supermodels standing around naked in Eyes Wide Shut. I recommend it for that. Nothing else. The movie's terrible. But one of the most ridiculous parts of Eyes Wide Shut is Tom Cruise's character is a doctor, right? And he's got some kind of medical ID. I don't know what the hell it is, but he flashes it like it's an FBI badge, like it's his medical license or whatever. He flashes it all over the place. You can't come in here. I'm just all right. I'm a doctor. Now, it works at the hospital because it works at the hospital. You can get in, talk to the coroner because you're a doctor. But it works at a whole bunch of other places where you're like, what, what is this isn't an FBI badge. Well, if you are trying to get near the president of the United States or the former president of the United States or really anybody who is protected by the Secret Service, you can't just go, look, I'm, uh, I'm local traffic patrol. I do, I'm a meter maid here in town and I've got a badge. So I'm totally legit. You don't get a pass by that. You don't get to go to a president or a former president with just a badge. You have to be uh, cleared. And the Secret Service, why? Because how many people, how many stories have you seen where somebody's like, yeah, pulled over and arrested for uh, imitating a police officer? He's facing serious charges. Because why? Because you can go on eBay right now and buy a badge, either a fake one or a real one, from pretty much any jurisdiction in the country. If you're so inclined to flash it and pull people over, whatever, you could get into a lot of trouble. So they don't just go, oh, you've got a badge. Even if they say, well, we're coming to arrest him, they'd go, no, you're not coming to arrest him. If you want to talk to him, you will arrange something. 
We will arrange something. If you want to arrest him or charge him or whatever, you need him to be somewhere, we will, well, we'll be treated like the way that most perpetrators in crimes are treated. It's only Republicans where they kick in your door at 6 o'clock in the morning or you're in your underpants and they, they show up with a CNN crew and 30 armed guards. Democrats are allowed to turn themselves in. Well, a former president of the United States, as much as they hate Donald Trump, they would... They'd be forced to allow him to turn himself in. Why? Because the alternative would be to elicit a whole bunch of sympathy. Democrats are stupid, but they're not dumb. They're insane, but they're not self-destructive, unless it's a suicide bombing. Al Bragg, a DA Bragg, he'll happily destroy himself to destroy, to damage Donald Trump. He will. He'll strap that vest to himself politically and go ahead and charge Trump at some point, possibly, and anything he possibly can. And that'll be the end of his, well, maybe not in Manhattan, he might get reelected, but as far as his ambitions for higher office, it's pretty much over. But he's fine with that. Why? Because the left will circle him, they will envelop him, they will take care of him. He can be the district attorney for as long as he wants to be. He'll be elected in Manhattan. Hell, he might even be able to be elected mayor of New York, but his dreams of the Senate or the governor's mansion in Albany, probably over and done with. But fear not, he will be lined up when he leaves or if he happens to manage to lose in a primary because he humiliated himself and Democrats so much, and that's really the only crime you can commit as a Democrat is humiliate the cause. If you do that, he'll end up in academia. He will get a tenured job somewhere. He'll be fine. He will be fine. There are high-ranking members of the Trump administration who did great work as cabinet secretaries or deputy cabinet secretaries who can't find jobs right now, who still can't find jobs. Why? Because there is a segment of the Stasi on the left who are dedicated to making sure that nobody finds a job. Richard Levine, Rachel, tuck it back far enough, she'll get uh, a supermodel contract with uh, Victoria's Secret. She'll be the next Victoria's Secret angel when that dude leaves the White House, leaves the administration. But um, Christian Nielsen, former Secretary of Homeland Security who helped secure the southern border, nope. She'll have difficulty for the rest of her. I think she found a job, but it, it wasn't easy. That's just how it works. So the idea of people saying, well, Bragg will destroy himself. He doesn't care, first of all. There is you know, few greater things on the left than becoming a martyr for the cause. So that being said, I can't imagine them being so self-destructive as to try and arrest the president of the United States on bogus charges like this. Charge him, set up a, a court hearing where he has to show up, that sort of thing. But to try to arrest him, I'll never believe that they're going to, unless I see it, unless and until I see it. But I promise you there's a fortune being fundraised off of this, and I'd always be wary of anybody of either party who finds an opportunity and tries to create an opportunity to fundraise off of something they claim to be outraged about. Now, I want to go to some audio here because this is part of, I suspect, Trump's rationale for tweeting out there, they're going to arrest me on Tuesday. It was all in caps lock, by the way. It's really kind of difficult to read. 
But it was all in caps lock. Here's an NBC News report. This is a guy called Garrett Hack. The first half is a res- I wanted to give you the full context. The first half is a resuscitation of the facts of the matter that they are knowing. And there really are no facts of the matter other than Trump saying they're going to arrest me. And that's it. Let's be honest about it. That's all it is. The second half is the story that quickly evolved on social media, which makes me suspicious of the validity of the information in the first half. What am I talking about? Just listen for the mention of the name Ron DeSantis. Well, Jonathan, the latest appears to be coming out of New York, where D.A. Alvin Bragg believes at least some of his staff have apparently been unnerved by the former president's call to protest. He sent a letter to them overnight saying that they would not be intimidated and highlighting the robust sort of security presence that they would have in New York as they move forward on this investigation. Now, as for the former president himself, he said nothing new on Truth Social. He didn't speak on this matter when he was traveling back and forth to Oklahoma yesterday. But what we We've seen going on in kind of the MAGA media sphere here is an effort by Trump's allies to really take note and amplify who is backing up the former president in this moment and who is not. His campaign and his allies have been very uh, sort of aggressive in noting the silence from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, whose you know lack of comment on this may well be prudent. If Trump were to be indicted and were to fight extradition, it would come down to Ron DeSantis to get him from Florida to New York. But so far, DeSantis has said nothing, and Trump and his allies believe they can weaken him with the Republican base by pointing out that he's one of the few mainstream Republicans now who have not come to the former president's political defense in this moment. And There you go. Wait a second. What obligation does Ron DeSantis have to do to say anything about this? The, the only thing we have going on these allegations of they're going to come and arrest Trump is from Trump. Okay, bad, if true. But then that they immediately, people in Trump's sphere, people on Trump's payroll, say, why hasn't DeSantis defended me? Well, why would they? Why would he? First of all, they know he really can't. Because on matters of extradition, I mean, they can't believe we're even talking about extradition in something so stupid and something such a, a minor case and something that if you just take it to the level of absurdity, you're talking about extradition like he's a murderer or a, a drug kingpin or something when he's just accused of paying off a porn star for sex, like to keep her quiet. So you're not really going to dispatch the FBI, the Justice Department. I can't imagine. If they do, Trump wins. If they do do that, Trump wins in a walk. You will see even some college professors, not many, but some, painting little Hitler mustaches on Joe Biden if they dispatch the FBI to arrest the former president of the United States. But if that were the case, if New York says, we must have Trump, there's such an agreement, we've got to come back here, rather than, you know, Trump and his lawyers recognizing the absurdity of these charges and going, you know what, we'll happily, we'll, we'll turn ourselves in, we'll go there, let's, let's have this out, we're going to destroy you in court and humiliate you and exonerate Trump and this will be just another feather in his cap. That would be the way to handle it. If that were the case, if Trump's going, you know what, I'm not going to go, I'm never going to go to New York again, you're never going to take me alive, there would be an extradition battle in the state of Florida over which the governor of the state would have significant, significant 
influence. So it would not behoove the governor of that state to involve himself now, to weigh in on anything now, because he is to be seen as a neutral arbiter. If you are not seen as a neutral arbiter, then there would be a pretty good case for a whole bunch of people saying, you're not a neutral arbiter, you need to be recused. You need to, but, so there are all sorts of problems there. Plus, they are sort of rivals. While DeSantis isn't announced yet for president, he's probably going to announce for president. Why would you help your opponent when you don't know whether or not the situation is actually legitimate? I'm sorry. I understand there are a lot of people who love Donald Trump. I love the Trump administration. I wouldn't trust Donald Trump to date my sister, but I loved what he did as president of the United States. If this is true, it seems very disturbing, but it would not be the first time that something that was declared by Donald Trump to be turned out not to be. That turned out maybe to have been a publicity stunt or a too-clever-by-half attempted trap set so that a whole bunch of his paid supporters on social media could go, hey, why hasn't Ron DeSantis said anything yet? Because they started saying, why hasn't Ron DeSantis said anything yet? About four hours is the earliest tweet I could find after Donald Trump announced that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday, which would be really weird and no no real reason why he would know that. So there's just a lot of this that doesn't sit right. The smart play is to sit back and see what happens. Make you aware of it, but say, wait a second, all right, if this, then that. But not accept as gospel this. It's also a possibility that, you know, the Bragg office was going to go this route and now they're scared off of doing it or whatever. I don't know. But I know that everybody making declarative statements like they do know also don't know. That's not stopping them. I recognize that I have the unpopular opinion, that I have a wait-and-see attitude that kids don't like today that doesn't sell on social media in the immediacy of now, but tough. It's the right thing to do. Now we've come to another part in Sprockets when we dance. I want to quickly go to the New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, who is he's one of those people who is rumored to be running for president but hasn't announced yet. Now, he's a very popular governor. He is a moderate Republican, not really conservative on most things. He's like Larry Hogan, but doesn't look like a slug. You know, nothing against Larry Hogan. I mean, we're all eventually going to end up looking as bad as Larry does. It just takes most people into their 90s to get to that point. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, and to be as most people will never be as obnoxious as Larry Hogan. So Larry is ahead of the the curve on that one. But the um, governor of New Hampshire was on with Jake Tapper over the weekend to talk about the possible Trump indictment. This could be, if you're being cynical, playing the home game, this could be part of the reason why Trump tweeted out or whatever, put out on Truth Social, what he put out there, the prospect of sympathy. And I think he's right. Because, look, if if he is arrested, I'm going to be disgusted. But I refuse to get pre-disgusted about the potential for something to happen. I just refuse to. If it happens, I will be disgusted. 
What's another thing is if it doesn't happen, will you be disgusted that it was put out there? No, because the the argument is already pre-baked in there. The reason it didn't happen was not because it was never going to happen. The reason it didn't happen is because too much attention was drawn to it and people were too outraged and blah, 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 blah. There's a ready-made excuse for why it didn't happen, which, you know, in politics and strategy, when a situation like that exists, it always makes me skeptical of that person. You set up a, a perfect scenario that no matter what happens, you come out smelling like a rose. It's called building up a straw man. But anyway, listen to Governor Sununu make the case. I can tell you, uh, I think it's building a lot of sympathy uh, for the former president. I think the fact that I was with coffee this morning with some folks and, and there's every, not, none of them were, were big Trump supporters, but they all said, uh, you know, they felt like he was being attacked. And as you pointed out, this is likely a, some sort of misdemeanor on an issue seven years ago. This has nothing to do with January 6th. There's folks out there that still think this has something to do with, with January 6th. So um, I just think that the, the not just the media, but really uh, a lot of the Democrats have misplayed this in terms of building sympathy for the former president. And it, it does drastically change the paradigm as we go into the 20 election it does indeed there are a whole bunch of people who are not married to any candidate yet but will vote for republicans who are looking at this and if if and many people sadly were not i, I just i don't know what to believe so i always wait like i wait to find out more information before i declare information to be i always wait for something to happen before i condemn it because it's just better that way because then, I mean, look, in all honesty, if you, you do a show, you can come out here and say, this is an outrage. How dare they do it? They're going to arrest her. It's a travesty of just blah, blah, blah. But you could go along and throw all the bombs and throw all the hissy fits and be absolutely, uh, you know, pearl-clutching hero to the people who want, you know, are ready to grab a pitchfork and go crazy, too. And then when something doesn't come to pass, you just simply never mention it again. It's easy. Just never mention it again. Remember? And look, I I love the guy. But there were people out there, led, not led necessarily, but Tucker Carlson was among them. I, I think the world of Tucker, he's a great guy. But he was one of those people who were like, we're going to have a diesel fuel shortage, which is going to lead to chaos and blah, blah, blah. blah. That was like six months ago. We were a month away from or six weeks away from a diesel fuel shortage. It didn't happen. Now, were we six weeks away from a diesel fuel shortage? Probably. But whatever happened, like, that was not pitched as, well, there's a lot of things that can be done and we'll be just fine, don't worry. Six weeks is a long time. If you can stay six weeks ahead of your diesel fuel shortage, you keep it six weeks ahead, great. And then you build it up to eight. Where is it now? I don't know. I don't have the resources of Fox News to sit there and go, well, where are we on the diesel fuel shortage? How are we doing all I know is that it's not an issue anymore. Why is it not an issue anymore? I don't know. Presumably, whatever he was looking at and all these people who parroted it were looking at went away, changed dramatically. Because if it's still hanging over us like the sword of Damocles, then somebody should still be mentioning it. They're not. All of these things, and I will, you know, I don't have anything against preppers. I'm not a prepper per se, although I do have an inordinate amount of canned goods. And that's just because my mother trained me to buy in bulk when on sale. You know, I mean, buy five cans of beans for $2. I'm buying five cans of beans. 
Do I need five cans of beans? No, nobody needs five cans of beans. But I'll buy them because they're on sale and they last forever. I bought some of that, uh, you know, dehydrated food or whatever. I got four bins, I think, of it. They're not big bins. They're like kitty litter-sized bins. I never even opened one, so I don't even know what to do with it. But they're sitting there in the basement under the stairs. Just in case all society collapses, I've postponed the demise of the Hunter family by about three weeks. If we rationally, you know, rationally, it doesn't make any damn sense. But the company who sold it to me got the money. They got the money. They're doing all right. And you hear these these people in media going, you better be prepared because this sign and that sign and the other sign is that we're all going to die. Okay, well, we've been all going to die for the past three years. All right. At some point, don't we all have to die (laughs) or or admit that maybe. While we are all going to die, we're not all about to die. You know, going to and about to are two different things. Then maybe you begin to realize that somebody was selling you something, right? You can get a sponsor pretty easily. Panic sells. Fear sells. Overhype sells. Take this pill. It's just like giving yourself uh, an injection of a field of carrots. Okay, well, that's great. Now, I never felt better. And there's somebody playing tennis. And it looked like they're in their 70s and they're playing tennis. Okay. But, you you know, you, you're in pretty good shape already. You know, you look like you can play tennis no matter what. I suspect it might have something more to do with your diet and exercise regime rather than, you know, you somehow grew into a couch, into the fabric of a couch when you were in your 60s. And then you started taking this field of carrots pill and suddenly you're up and about and you're flying like Superman. I, you know, those sorts of things. That kind of mess. I just... I could do a whole show on advertising, but I'd alienate every potential advertiser in the whole world forever and ever and ever in every venue. And just you watch these things and you just go, my God, what is going on here? Anyway, back to the issue of Trump. Didn't mean to go off on that tangent. I don't know if it's true, but I know that everybody else declaring it to be true also doesn't know it's true. You're free to believe him all you want, but on things of this matter, things of this type, to my mind, he's kind of proven himself that uh, anything he says should be taken with a grain of salt, to put it mildly. Not dismissed out of hand, but taken with a grain of salt. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense, and he kind of has a history of hyperbole going a little bit too far, assuming facts, not in evidence, to put it in legal terms. So if you want to believe him, believe him. But I am going to take a wait and see attitude because I've waited on other things and seen some things and I've waited on different things and not seen some things. Remember the fundraiser he did rather than attend the one Republican debate where he got mad at Megan Kelly, and I'm not going to the next Republican debate. I'm going to hold a rally at the same time, and I'm going to raise money and benefit the military. I'm going to benefit our troops. And he did, and he raised like $50,000, and then he didn't give the money. He give the money. It took like six months and the Washington Post reporting on it for him to give to him is an insignificant amount of money. Now, he's not going to be involved in the day-to-day administration of this money, but at, if you think it's, you know, this event is for X, Y, or Z, that X, Y, or Z would get the money. And it wouldn't take an expose from the Washington Post to cut him a check for 
probably tip money he leaves at a steakhouse, right? So I will wait and see. Like I said, policy-wise and as far as his administration goes, absolutely down with it. But I, I wouldn't trust him to date my sister. I don't know if we're allowed to have that kind of nuance anymore. It doesn't seem to be that we're allowed to have that nuance anymore. I think the way that the uh, the immediacy of this microwave society that we have is everything has to be immediate. Everything has to be absolute. You're either in or you're out. You're out. The, this one or that one. The other one. Or the, you can't just say, you know what? I I like what he does as president, but I wouldn't want him to date my sister. You can... Jonah, let me see. Jonah Goldberg. Today, I'm not a big fan of Jonah Goldberg. Not anymore. There was a time when I was, but he's out patting himself on the back today. Getting, he tweeted out, "Quote: Getting crap from left for saying the obvious. The legal and political case for indicting Trump for the Stormy Daniels stuff is very weak. Getting crap from the right for saying the obvious. Trump is guilty and cheated on his wife with a porn star and is unfit for office." Fun, exclamation point. Jonah loves patting himself on the back. He needs Tommy John surgery to recover from doing it so much. But there's two different things here. These are not equivalents. The president being indicted over this crap is crap. It's garbage. It's a, it's a nonsense charge. The statute of limitations on both possible charges have long since expired. They are creating new ways of getting around that, which is BS and would not stand up on appeal. And, of course, a decent prosecutor, decent human being would not even attempt to do such a thing. But you can't equate being, quote, immoral in your marriage to being unfit to serve because honestly what would we have like three presidents in the last hundred years if that was if that was the criteria of the presidents we've had uh, who would who would pass the smell test who would pass the non-infidelity test ronald reagan ronald reagan was married before he met nancy reagan i don't think they had an affair i don't know but he was certainly had married to jane wyman kids with her he wouldn't pass it maybe jimmy carter maybe certainly not bill clinton according to the leftist rumors it wasn't george w or h w bush nobody accused anything of george w bush that i remember barack obama oh him and michelle they're the bestest there's the best oh they're the they're the couple you should aspire to be Except for if you talk to people who knew him when he was in the Illinois State Legislature. And then, you know, things things get a little muddied. Maybe Nixon didn't screw around on Pat, but mostly because who would screw around with Nixon? But honestly, that's, John F. Kennedy, LBJ notorious for that. Eisenhower, yes, he did. Oh, yeah, during World War II. Over in uh, the UK, he, his wife was on the other side of the planet. Whatever. Does that mean that we discount what he did in leading World War? No, of course not. You're not electing Pope. You're not electing a brother-in-law. You're electing President of the United States. So spare me all this, well, he's unfit because he had sex with Stormy Daniels. I don't care that he had sex with Stormy Daniels. I'm more concerned with the politicians who screw over our country than screw over their spouses, to be honest with you. Maybe that's just me. I want to shift gears now just because I I don't there's nothing else to report. I guess we'll find out tomorrow if if President Trump has been arrested. The beautiful thing about the way Trump set it up though is that if the 
The prosecutor doesn't arrest him on Tuesday. What, what does he say? What, Trump can say he didn't do it because of you. The prosecutor said, well, I wasn't going to do it anyway, but nobody's going to believe him. Anybody who's inclined to believe the former president is already not going to believe the prosecutor. And you shouldn't believe this prosecutor. He's, he is a horrible person. <laughs> he is a horrible, horrible progressive. Anyway, speaking of horrible progressives, you remember, I'm old enough to remember a couple of hours ago, a couple of weeks ago, when Democrats accused Republicans of what they want to ban books. They want to ban those mean Republicans. They want to ban books. Look at what they're doing down in Florida. It's always Florida, Florida, Florida. Progressives are moving at an alarming rate to Florida, but somehow Florida is uh, just this side of a Nazi concentration camp. I'm not really sure how that works out, but they do it. Oh, it's horrible, Florida, Florida. You make a better argument that Florida is horrible because of the humidity than because of the governor. But they used what DeSantis is doing in standing up to these left-wing mutant armies and these perverted teachers who want to groom children. They're using that as, oh, he's trying to ban books. Nobody's banning books, by the way. You can buy whatever book you want in bookstores all across Florida. What you can't do is populate children's libraries and elementary schools with these perverted things like genderqueer and other sort of grooming graphic books that serve the purpose of, I don't know, planting seeds in people's minds and mostly shocking and offending people. So, Because the left loves shocking and offending. It's amazing to me, the people who are so quick to be offended by anything. You use the wrong pronouns. Oh, my God. You're killing me. You're a monster. You're a mo- you don't want to cut the, uh, the genitals off of a child. You're a monster. I'm so offended. The second you say, you know what, I don't want, uh, I don't want sexually explicit things around children. They go, I'm now. I'm offended. I'm offended. How dare you? You have done this. But they live to offend. They live to offend. They're ready to be offended, but they live to offend. No unperverted adult goes, you know what, this world needs is more sex talk around children. The more graphic, the better. Come on over to my house this weekend, Junior. I'll show you what's the latest on uh, Pornhub. Is not, that person should be in jail. But the left loves to, they'd have, uh, they'd call it art, they'd probably get a National Endowment for the Arts grant to put up a giant screen television at like the Christmas parade to stream porn. You're like, no, no, this is, this is art. This is art. You don't understand. You're so uptight. You're so uptight. When they do things expressly for offense, they want to offend normal people. Oh, what's a normal person? Everybody knows what a normal person is. But uh, a normal person doesn't list pronouns, all right, for one thing. Normal person doesn't look at uh, a bunch of seven-year-olds and go, you know what? You kids need an intensive learning course in the various types of intercourse the human body can engage in. Those are not normal people. But when you point out, hey, I don't want that with my kids or I don't want that around kids because it's perfectly normal to want to protect your kids. And from certain things, it's perfectly normal to want to protect all kids. 
you should always want to protect your kids from jerks, from abuse, from somebody smoking, teaching them, trying to get them to drink, whatever like that, teaching them to swear, whatever it is, even though, you know, most of the kids learn to swear, frankly, from us. But that's beside the point. But you don't. Have, you can look at the way somebody else raises their kids, and there's little Billy over there setting frogs on fire, and you know, that kid's a sociopath. Stay away from little Billy. You don't go over there. Maybe you talk to Billy's parents once, and you go, you know, he spends a lot of time setting frogs on fire, much like the way I imagine John Wayne Gacy spent his childhood. And they go, yeah, I know. I taught him how to do it. I told him the best combustible fuel. You probably go, all right, you're not hanging around little Billy anymore. That's the way to handle it. But when it comes to, say, sexual abuse, nobody goes, hey, you know what? Uh, Little Billy's being sexually abused. And the parents go, yeah, yeah, I know. But what are you going to do? You you don't do that. You call the police, right? It's you can. Little Timmy can swear all he wants. You just keep your kids a little away from Timmy. You tell your kids that's not how to grow up. When it comes to physical or sexual abuse, then we do expand our horizons beyond just our children to all children, as we should. We have to protect children in that way. And the left doesn't like that. It's kind of gross, really, when you get down to it. So they'll say, oh, you're trying to censor books. We were trying to censor books on how best to perform certain sex acts on an adult from a child's perspective. That's what gender queer is. It's not banning the book. If you are so hell-bent on making sure that Junior understands that love between a man and a boy is perfectly normal, first of all, you should be arrested. But if you just want love is love and you want the world to know, you can buy that book. Buy it. Go to a bookstore. I'm sure they've got it on an end cap, if not in a display, depending on if it's an independent bookstore or not. You walk in and there's there's a hundred copies of it there. Just it's on sale constantly. You can buy that book. It's not banned. It's just kept out of the library. And why? The left goes, Oh, that's what it's so offensive they're trying to ban it. Well, some parents don't want their kids exposed to these things. They always retort, Well, I want my child to learn. They need to learn that love is love and blah 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 blah. We'll go to Amazon and buy a copy of the book. Problem solved. Your kid will have access to this book. Go ahead. They don't do that because they don't really want it for their kid. They want it for your kid. They want it for everybody's kid because they want to offend you. They don't like you, you churchy, you religious weirdo, people believing in God, etc., etc. That's what it is. You don't have to believe in God to believe that children shouldn't be exposed to sexually explicit material. It's weird. Go ahead, she's 13 years old. Cut her cut her breasts off. That's cool. But mm, you can't get a tattoo until you're 18 years old. Can't, you can't do that. Can't drink a beer until you're 21. Can't buy cigarettes ever. They're trying in various states to make sure that anybody born after, I think it's California, anybody born after 2006, 2007 will never be able to buy cigarettes. Never be able to buy cigarettes. Meanwhile, they're issuing them joints in elementary school with their lunches. Here's your sandwich, here's your soup, here's your milk, here's your joint. How do you think weed is consumed by the vast majority of people? Don't smoke, it's bad for you. It's a massive disconnect in these people's heads. And it's all about control and manipulating and offending various people. So the idea that books are being banned is a lie. 
It's not wrong. It's a lie. They know they're lying. Meanwhile, what is the left actually doing under the guise of tolerance? See, fascism always rides under the banner of something warm and fuzzy. UK Daily Mail. Now, I don't know who Enid Blyton is. I've I've heard the name before. She's an author. But I had to look up what her books were. The Famous Five, the whatever, the the five. There's all these books about the Famous Five. She sold a ton of books. So, I mean, whatever. But they were written a long time ago. See, she Enid died in 1968. And now they're changing the language of her books, much like they did with uh, what Mark Twain, like they've done, they're trying to do with Gone with the Wind. They're gonna they if they can't change it. They're gonna cancel it. There's really no difference between the two. They are retroactively trying to cancel. But you remember what was it a few years ago? Uh, I love how they say it was uh, resurfaced. Something resurfaced. It's not resurfaced. Somebody went and dug it up because they wanted to be offended. An interview from like 1973 with John Wayne in Playboy magazine resurfaced where he was less than polite about Native Americans. Native Americans. Oh, he called them Indians or whatever. He did. Who cares? 1973. Playboy magazine. John Wayne. Who gives a damn? But because John Wayne is an icon, especially for people who love this country, John Wayne has to be destroyed. The operation to destroy John Wayne didn't fully work then, but I promise you within the next five years that interview will quote-unquote resurface again. They need to obliterate history, and what they can't rewrite, they will destroy. Some things they can rewrite, like this. UK Daily Mail, Enid Blyton's classic novels are beloved globally, but some of her works have been rewritten to remove, quote, outdated language. Outdated language. The unprecedented, or the uncensored versions are being placed in off-limit storage spaces in libraries to prevent the public from stumbling upon the old wording. It's UK Daily Mail. Recently uh, edited works are displayed publicly across Devon's libraries in the UK, but tales uh, which have not yet been amended are not so easy to access. If a reader requests an original version of the titles like The Famous Five, they will be shown a verbiage trigger warning, according to The Telegraph. Can you imagine the hell's wrong with society? Original versions are cataloged online, and if a reader chooses to access one, a warning system will remind them that the language used with, uh, of the uh, remind them of the language used in the older editions. The changes were revealed in the Devon County Council documents. It was explained that Library Unlimited, which runs the council's library service, regularly audits books, replacing them with altered versions. The documents say that where popular titles contain, quote, increasingly outdated language, libraries purchased new edited editions. The off-limits areas of libraries also contained books that have been removed due to staff or customer complaints, such as the autobiography of previously incarcerated Tommy Robinson, the founder of the far-right English Defense League. Yeah, see, if you are conservative at all, you're far I don't know much about Tommy Robinson, but uh, he was he's labeled as far-right because he's not far-left. 
Blind had composed more than 700 books, including the beloved titles like the Famous Five series and Naughty from the late 1930s until she died in 1968. But publishing house Hotter confirmed in 2010 that Blyton's work would be refreshed in order to keep them timeless. <laughs> in January of last year, Jacqueline Wilson gave the magic faraway tree a rewrite to remove, quote, sexist expectations of female characters with domestic chores for the girls replaced with a lesson on gender equality. Well, that doesn't sound, doesn't that sound like a hell of a bedtime story now? A description of a brown-faced fisher boy was changed to a suntanned fisher boy. Well, why not a fisher, fisher person, a fisher them? While where's George? She wants a, she wants spanking became, she wants a good talking to. English Heritage release up, released updated blue plaque information in 2021 saying that Blyton's book had been linked to racism and xenophobia. Examples of racism within the book, The Little Black Doll, in which the main character Sambo is only accepted by his owners once his, quote, ugly black face is washed clean by rain and naughty gollywogs were changed to goblins. I don't have any idea. English Heritage also cites that uh, publisher Macmillan refused to publish the mystery that never was over its old-fashioned xenophobia towards foreign characters. If they can't rewrite history, they'll simply whitewash history. Why? Because why not? This is how it works. Now, in the meantime, they're all sitting there going, Republicans want to ban books. Republicans want to ban books. What is it that they're doing? They're not banning these books per se, which is, again, the nuance that is it, it takes less nuance to see what Republicans are actually doing. They're saying keep this stuff out of schools. If you want to buy it, it's fine. Keep it out of school libraries, not out of schools. They are saying change the book. Change the book. Conform to what we want the world to be. Or else you're out. Conform to what we want the world to be or else you're out. The books are in the restricted edition, restricted area. The restricted area is where, think of it as for those of you who remember video stores. Anybody out there remember video stores? Remember the beaded curtain outside the adult, the porno videos? The, the, or the swinging saloon doors that always creaked and re, 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 and you're you're in there looking at new releases and you're re, 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 or the beads wrapping together and you go somebody's somebody's going to look at the porn somebody's going to look at the porn that's what they want the restricted book section to be what are you looking at restricted books for they're restricted for a re we have other versions of the books that convey a progressive thing. well I want to just you know read the original it doesn't matter. Now, these are kids' books. These are stupid. I don't know these books. Maybe they're great books. I don't know. But sooner or later, it will be more important books. It will be more influential books. They've already rewritten the Bible to be more inclusive. They've yet to ban the older versions of the Bible. But it's only a matter of time. You know it's only a matter of time. It's a matter of time for them with everything. It's how they work. Creeping fascism creeps. It doesn't rest. I want to uh, give you some news from down under. We used to do the Australian update. 
Now, we haven't had an Australian update for a while. But um, there's an Australian update from Rebel News, Rebel News Australia. The Green Party down there. The Green is the new red. It's actually not all that new. The Green is red. Commies. The Victorian Greens in Victoria Prince and Province. They're facing backlash after censuring a member for posting offensive material on social media, including, these are lefties, defending pedophilia, incest, and sympathizing with Nazis. Because the Nazis were progressives. The party's misconduct panel found that Brianka Haven, a transgender member seeking a position in the state council, had breached the code of conduct by posting offensive material on its social media. (laughs) I hope that use of its was uh, ironic. The panel's notice of sanction revealed that Ms. Haven had defended pedophilia, sympathized with Nazi views, and defended incest. The posts were intertwined with a detailed discussion of Australian Greens' Victoria internal matters, which created a serious risk of bringing the party into disrepute. The feud has further exacerbated the ongoing battle of the Greens over its handling of transgender policies. Say, is it okay? Like, hey, child molestation is bad. Yeah, but we're talking about a trans. Oh, trans. Never mind then. Wait, does, does that make does that make pedophilia okay? I don't. I don't think that does. I'd have to. Check. Somebody should write the rule book on this thing. Uh, the feud extended. the The issue reemerged after a protest in the streets of the Victorian Parliament was hijacked by a small group of neo-Nazi extremists. Nina Villens, a former member of the Greens, criticized the decision not to punish Miss Haven further. She has quit the party after being suspended for six months for allegedly bringing the party into disrepute and vilifying members over her own views on transgender policy. So you can kick somebody out of the. Uh, party because they think man is a man and a woman is a woman, but you say a man is a man and a woman is a woman, but a boy is fair game. That's cool with the commie left. Seems a little weird. Miss Valens argued that the Greens were sheltering a Nazi sympathizer in their party while punishing her for saying women deserve women's only spaces. Quote, it would be hypocritical to do anything other than expel someone who promotes vile views, end quote, she said. The internal war is another blow to the Greens who have been facing several internal conflicts in recent years. Because this is how the left functions. It's really kind of funny watching these leftists go, oh, we'll just be utopia, man. If we could just get rid of these evil conservatives. The leftists can't get along with leftists at all. They hate each other. They're like male beta, except they're not. Nothing about them is male, and they they just can't be in the same bowl. They all the problem is they all want to be in charge. You think that people that Kim Jong Un purged were purged because secretly they were harboring love of capitalism? No, like yeah, I believe that I should be in charge over Fat Boy over there. Like okay, well, boom, you're done. The progressive wars between the fascists, the communists, and the socialists at the turn of the last century and all the infighting was not because they disagreed radically about their the way the world should be run. It was They disagreed radically about who should run the world. It hasn't changed. It's, they've just been marginalized because capitalism has been so successful. Nothing has lifted more people out of poverty, especially the poverty pimps who swear that they exist to lift people out of poverty, but then manage to only get themselves rich while everybody else gets screwed. 
Just saying. <laughs> just watch these people. I love watching the circular firing squad on the left. Please keep it up. To do more of it, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. Love it, love it, love it. Since we were talking about uh, division and uh, the segregation that the left loves to engage in, I want to play you a clip from Robin D'Angelo. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is a Robin D'Angelo? Well, you probably don't. You may not know. You may know. If you pay attention to the news, you know. But if you don't, you, you could easily slip past you. Robin D'Angelo is a left-wing activist. She is one of the anti-racist trainers. <laughs> She's amazing how all these anti-racist trainers are racist white ladies. Well, not all racist white ladies. Ibram Kendi is um, not a racist white lady, although I don't know how he identifies. And in this day and age, nothing would nothing would surprise me at all. But if you look back at the way that, the, even just recently, you don't even have to go back that far. You can play the game of what if somebody else had said this. What if somebody, You don't have to go all that far. You could just go back and look at what Scott Adams said. Who's Scott Adams? He's the creator of Dilbert. Now, don't cry for Scott, Scott Adams. I looked it up and his net worth, he's got, he's got a lot of money. He shouldn't have been canceled. He inartfully said something, and that should not be a crime. But um, he was making a point. You're not allowed to make points that don't go along with the left-wing narrative. And so he said that, you know, maybe white people should get away from black people. Black people hate white people so much. Because it was a survey or something that showed, I think it was like 60% of black respondents to this poll said that uh, it's not cool to say it's all right to be white or something like that. something absurd, something stupid like that. They survey all sorts of stupid things to just make news and never answer a poll. But uh, he, he was talking about that. He said, well, if that's the case, then maybe white people should not be around black people. Like if that's what you want, whatever it was, it was I, I didn't listen to the whole clip. It was a very long clip. I listened to some of it. But that was the gist of it, is he was making a point about the absurdity of that statement. The left came down on him. Newspapers across the country canceled Dilbert. I don't even know if there are any newspapers left in the country that carry Dilbert. Dilbert's harmless. It's a, it's an amusing cartoon or comic about what goes on in office and office politics around the world. That's just what it was. But you're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not allowed to talk about it anymore. It's 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 over. It's canceled. Well, <clears throat> smash cut to Robin D'Angelo. Robin D'Angelo is very... Her second book did not work out very well. But her first book, White Fragility, sold a ton of copies tons of copies it's got uh, 40,000 reviews on amazon for example now our second book to give you just a a look and her second book was along the same lines it was just a pathetic attempt like oh i think she was surprised that anybody bought her first crap book and so she said oh i gotta capitalize on this do another one and so she wrote another book that came out last year called nice racism you go from 40,000 reviews 
to 612 reviews. 40,000 reviews to 612 reviews. White Fragility sold millions of copies, largely pushed by corporations, buying it for their employees. And uh, nice racism didn't sell very many copies. So you you can figure out it's not a direct correlation, 40,000 reviews to millions of copies. to six, But it was millions of copies to a few thousand copies is the difference. So her 15 minutes of fame, as far as groundbreaking newness going forward, certainly were up. That doesn't mean you can't dine out on the previous 15 minutes, and you can't. She is still a much sought-after corporate speaker. There is a possibility if you or your kids attend college that there's a better-than-average chance that the school will either pay Robin DiAngelo, Ibram Kendi, or uh, what's-her-face, the 1619 Project fraud, to come. They'll give her thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to come and give a speech about how everybody sucks. Now, a lot of these speeches won't even be for students. They'll be for administrators. And you go, oh, university sure hires a lot of people who suck. Like, And they give a speech about how everybody's wildly racist and awful and everything. You go, wow, the hiring, I got to question the hiring practices of this university if they just hired a whole bunch of racists. Wow. But, of course, they are of the belief, these people are of the belief that, well, it's not even the belief, they are of the insistence because it's a marketing ploy that every white person is racist. So you can't escape it. Anyway, in a conference call recently with two women of color and another evil white woman, Robin DiAngelo brought up, when you're a one-trick pony, man, this is all you got. But she brings up, she's basically paraphrasing George Wallace here. Listen to this garbage. And I'm a big believer in affinity space and affinity work. And I think people of color need to get away from white people <laughs> and, and have some community um, with each other. And I'll, I'll let that go and maybe see if anyone else wants to pick it up. Yeah, people of color, black people need to get away from, from whitey. Get away. Now you can say that all, the quote is people of color need to get away from white people and have some affinity with each other. Or you're going to say, you know what, people of color need to get away from white people. Maybe have some affinity with each other. Oh, what's what, implicit in that way of reading it is that they don't have affinity with white people. And of course, the belief amongst the left is that black people can't have affinity with white people. Why? Because evil whitey is just too oppressive. That's all we are. That's all we've ever been. Now, what is it I always say about these leftists? That the progressive left has never changed their objective. They've only ever changed their tactics. George Wallace, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. What is the difference between that and what Robin DiAngelo is advocating there? Look, black people need to just be around black people. Get away from evil whitey. Get away. We they well implicit in that wouldn't that be that white people need to get away from black people from non-white people have an affinity space there? Shouldn't we? Is that isn't that what Scott Adams was sort of canceled for? Of course, 
that's all garbage. You say that, and suddenly you're a Klansman. You're a monster. You're the worst person ever. Huh? How? Well, it does. I just said what she said. You said it different. Why? Well, because you said it in a way that I don't like. You said it in a way that makes it seem this way, that, or the other thing. Huh? There's no difference between the old progressive Democrat Party that saw black people as inferior and the new progressive Democrat Party that sees black people as inferior. Except they don't really see, because a lot of these progressives nowadays who are seeing, saying these racist, bigoted things are actually black. What, are they just stupid? No, 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 no. It's just a delivery device. It's the peanut butter that envelops the pill to get the dog to take it. That's all this is. They're all in on it. It is about the agenda uber alles. Period. End of story. A unified people who don't give a damn about the things that divide us, who pay attention to the things that are our similarities. How do Democrats manipulate that group of people? You can't really manipulate that group of people. It's almost impossible to manipulate that group of people. What do you do? You, you got to tell this group of people that don't worry. The other group of people are out to get you, and we're going to protect you. We will protect you from the other group of people. Don't worry. Fear not. We will protect you from that other group of people. Well, if you stop with that crap, you got a problem. If people are not afraid of the other group of people, you got a problem. What do you do? Do you then have to make an argument based on policy? Do you have to make an argument based on fact? You have to make an argument based on what you want to do. You have to defend what you want to do. Democrats are woefully prepared to do that. So instead, you sit there and you appeal to people's basest emotions. I'm not telling you. any. Look, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Suddenly, you're all Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting, telling Will Hunting, look, it's not your fault. Your dad beat the, your stepdad beat the LA. It's not your fault. Stop it, man. Don't do it. No, it's not your fault. No. Except we're past the crying stage. Sadly, through a poor education system, so many people have been conditioned to seek out a personal pope to absolve them of all personal responsibility. And they get it. They get it. And people do it happily. It's not my fault. Society made me rob that liquor store. It's not my fault. Society made Now, you got back to the beginning. The pre- former president of the United States allegedly, he's certainly under investigation, allegedly going to be arrested. Donald Trump would be treated better if he'd walked up to an Asian woman on the street and punched her. Maybe not Donald Trump, but anybody else. We just walked up to an elderly Asian woman on the street and shoved her into the ditch, shoved her into the gutter. They'd be treated better by the Bragg administration there in, in Manhattan. That guy would be out on with no bond by lunchtime. Period. End of story. That's how Democrats function. That's what they see. That's the problem. It's not even separate but equal anymore it's separate and unequal it's separate and unequal 
And by the way, if you dare challenge it, if you dare question anything beyond it, you will be attacked. Ask Clarence Thomas how tolerant the left is. Ask any female conservative on social media how tolerant the left is when the chips are down. These champions of women, these feminists. Ask Jake, you don't even have to be a conservative. Ask J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. A down-the-line doctrinaire leftist, except on one thing. She, as a woman, does not like being crowded out of being a woman. Does not like men coming in and saying, you know what? Being a woman is a hell of a lot more than when you're 40 years old going, you know what? I'm a a chick, and I'm going to put on a dress, and I'm going to put on heels, and I'm a woman. There's a lot more to being a woman than just that. Instead, nope. Richard Rachel Levine is USA Today's Woman of the Year because he'd been a woman for about 20 minutes. Bruce Jenner becomes Caitlyn Jenner and wins Sportsman of the Year. Tell me one thing, one sport since 1976 or whatever that Bruce Jenner has been involved in. How the hell? Are you forever that? Are you forever a sportsman? No. You kind of got to do something, in my mind, to be considered a sportsman. But that's just the way it works. I can see why women would have a problem with that. I could see why women would have a problem with that. But weirdly, the left, a lot of men, have a problem with women having a problem with people being able to decide what a woman is. It's very bizarre. Just like white people like Robin D'Angelo will look at a black person who dares think wrong and go, oh, tisk, tisk, tisk. You just don't get it, do you? What? You're telling the white lady, you're telling the black person they don't get the black experience because they don't agree with the white person? Is that how it works? You laugh, but that's actually how it works with these people. <laughs> that's the funny part of it you laugh at the wrong part that's absurd no 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 it's actually it's actually who they are and what they are yeah they're george wallace they've just updated their tactics for a social media world scary stuff i just saw this the uh god it is amazing to me the left is relentless the left is absolutely relentless and they assume you're oblivious. They count it. They need you to be oblivious. New York Times big report right now. Just breaking. Earth to hit critical warming threshold by early 2030s, climate panel says. This will be what? Starting back to the, the earliest example I could find was 1989, where the left was saying, we've got 10 years to get this thing done or else. So that's... It's going to be 50 years, 40 years, 40 years, I think. It's a long way for, of 10 years worth of we're all going to die. The story, Earth is likely to cross a critical threshold for global warming within the next decade, and nations will need to make an immediate and drastic shift away from capitalism and freedom, to, no, I'm sorry, away from fossil fuels, to prevent the planet from overheating dangerously beyond that level, according to a major new report released on Monday. 
I just want to point out to you that the entirety of the so-called climate change argument is based on the future. It's based on computer models about the future. It really, truly is. Think about whether in the future, if we don't do something now, things are going to continue to get worse, and then things don't continue to get worse. I keep on waiting for some left. I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. Some leftist said, or somebody was mocking leftists and said, uh, a new report details how the entire East Coast will be under 10 feet of water if Medicare does not adopt gender-affirming care or something like that. They just combine everything. They might as well go ahead and combine that. But it is all about the future. Now, they don't know... What, now, you sit there and you say, well, weather isn't climate. What, what's the weather going to be like this week? We don't know. But weather isn't climate. That's always their response. Weather isn't climate. And then California gets hit with a whole bunch of rain. And they go, see, climate change. And you go, wait a second. Isn't that weather? Uh, shut up, skeptic. You denier. You deny. Okay, well, it's weather climate or it's not weather climate. No, you just don't understand it. And then they say, there's a drought in California now, and it's all because of climate change. And you go, again, climate is, is weather, suddenly. But more curiously, California, particularly uh, southern California, middle part of California, was a desert. It is still technically a desert that they ran a bunch of water from the mountains down a cement river into an aqueduct system, basically, so that people wouldn't die doesn't make it a swamp so the whole area being irrigated and now there are millions upon millions of people look you could it's amazing we didn't have these water problems in los angeles in the 50s no you sure didn't you know why because you had about a quarter of the people you know it's weird how that works out right hey we used to have uh, an olympic sized swimming pools worth of water per person now we've only got a dixie cup per person what do you think has changed well i would i would posit i would say the number of people no 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 it's well yeah there's the number of people but still it's insane the way these people work no it's the weather the climate that has changed you mean the desert is more deserty they won't answer. They can't answer. Instead, they simply declare victory and say the debate is over. Do not engage in this debate. The report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the people who 30 years ago brought you Al Gore's inconvenient truth data that promised that we'd all be uh, gill-sprouting mermen by now, is back at it. The IPCC, a body of experts convened by the, you got to love it, a body of experts. They're not a body of experts. They are a body of people who agree. You bring together a people who agree, who, by the way, their entirety of their financial security is dependent upon what? It is dependent upon government funding. And if you say, wait a second, I found the secret sauce, the Turns out climate change isn't real. Guess what's going to dry up for you? Funding to study climate change. It's weird how that works. So what are you going to keep finding? Climate change. Now, these people probably believe it to one degree or another, 
because it's all about predictions in the future. And if you deny that you've been wrong about every future prediction in the past, you can continue to... Look, how many psychics out there you see a $5 palm reading $5 come and get your tarot cards read do you think they lose sleep at night when they I I predict big things are going to work out great for you and then somebody gets fired or somebody's uh, boyfriend dumps them or whatever do you really think they go I got that one wrong I don't know how I'm going to live them I can't maybe I have to rethink my vocation I've really screwed this up they don't give a damn they don't give you a second's thought when you leave these very same people well, they're not the very same people. It's the very same concept in this thing. Ten years or it's over. Forty years ago. But this time, we totally mean it. Uh, it offers the most, this report offers the most comprehensive understanding to date of the ways in which the planet is changing. It says global average temperatures are estimated to rise 1.5 degrees Celsius, 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit, above pre-industrial levels sometime around, quote, the first half of the 2030s, end quote, as humans continue to burn coal, oil, and natural gas. Well, isn't that enough? Isn't that enough to make you just uproot everything? Well, damn. Okay. Have absolute power over me, government. I bow to your superior intellect. You... You think it's going to, on average, go up 1.5 degrees Celsius by sometime in the mid-next decade-ish? Well, if that isn't enough to make me make me want to go and jump in a lake, I don't know what to tell you. 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit, really going to make everything? That's, that'll put us in line with what? Still a little bit cooler than the medieval warm period. What? Yeah, no, seriously. Go ahead. Go. You got to look around to find about the medieval warm period. But the medieval warm period was an unexplained stint in the Middle Ages of uh, a couple centuries of warmer than average temperatures. The carnage that came with it. And by carnage, I mean longer growing seasons and one of the most prosperous for the times uh, periods in human existence where food was plentiful. Why? Because you had longer growing seasons and you could grow things further north. Like parts of England became known for their ability to grow really good grapes that were uh, that made apparently allegedly really good wine. Yeah, it went. It shifted from France to further north to England because of the temperature change. It's weird how that worked. Now, then it started cooling again. How did that happen? Who knows? How did the medieval warm period happen? Who knows? Nobody investigates it anymore because that little bit of human history is inconvenient. It's as inconvenient as the Little Ice Age. Another thing you should check out. The Little Ice Age was an extended period of time where in the same area that was noted for the medieval warm period, the UK saw decades of brutal cold, not just one really bad winter, but decades of lower than average temperatures. The Thames River, which doesn't freeze, was frozen solid several winters in a row. People used to play on it. There's famous paintings from back then. How was this explained? They don't know. It's not being studied. It's not allowed to be studied. If you're a member of the IPCC and you want to look into either one of these things with any degree of seriousness, there is a good chance you will not be a long-term member of the IPCC. 
that's the inconvenient truth, is that somebody inconveniently seeks a truth rather than a narrative. That number, the Times reports, that number, the uh, 1.5 degrees Celsius, that number holds a special significance in global climate politics. Under the 2015 Climate Agreement, virtually every nation agreed to pursue efforts, quote, I love how they put pursue efforts in quotation marks, which means that they're not really going to do it, but they're just, quote, pursuing efforts, to hold global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Beyond that point, scientists say the impact of catastrophic heat waves, flooding, drought, crop failures, and species extinction become significantly harder for humanity to handle. Longer growing periods, bigger crop yield, the horror. Actually, the which do you think kills more people, heat or cold? Cold. But Earth has already warmed an average of 1.1 degrees Celsius since the Industrial Age. And with global fossil fuel emissions setting records last year, that goal is quickly slipping out of reach. Well, if every year we're setting new records for putting CO2 into the air, and every time I exhale, I put CO2 in the air, and so do you. Um, isn't it too late? No, it's never too late. Never too late when you keep on moving the goalposts, ladies and gentlemen. There is still one last chance. They actually wrote this, and it's not a quotation from some leftist hack. It's a, it's a writing from a leftist. Who is the leftist reporter here, by the way? Somebody named Brad Plummer. Brad Plummer. There is still one last chance to shift course, the new report says. One last chance. Two last chance. Sounds like the uh, Spanish Inquisition from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Give it two last chances. Three last chances. There's still one last chance to shift course, the new report says, but it would require industrialized nations to join together immediately to slash greenhouse gases roughly in half by 2030, and then stop adding carbon dioxide to the atmosphere altogether by the early 2050s. Well, I'm pretty sure that AOC said we were all going to be dead by 2028. So, I mean, what's the point, right? If these two steps are taken, the world would have about a 50% chance of limiting warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, they say. All of this garbage ignores the 800-pound gorilla in the room. And what is the 800-pound gorilla? It's not actually an 800-pound gorilla. It's a giant ball of fire in the sky. It is our sun, the source of the vast majority of our heat. Now, what do I mean? You always say vast majority, Derek. Well, yeah, because inside our planet, there's hot magma. And that radiates heat outward, too. So you get, we get a little bit of heat from the Earth, being filled with magma, but the vast majority of our heat comes from that giant ball of fire in the sky. It's weird how that works. When that giant ball of fire in the sky has what is referred to commonly as solar flares, why? Because they're solar flares, and solar flare activity that has been tracked over decades, you see a weird 
correlation. Now, correlation isn't causation, but it's a direct mimicking, so you might want to look into it, although you're not allowed to anymore. You see a direct correlation between the frequency of solar flares and the increase in global temperatures. It's weird because a solar flare is an explosion on an explosion. It's, the sun is very hot and then certain parts of it really boil up and it just poofs, explodes even bigger. You see more of those, that's an indication that there is more solar activity, right? Just saying. And that correlates with an increase in global temperatures. It also correlates with the decrease in global temperatures too. Back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, they came to this conclusion that there was a coming ice age, that the earth was cooling. You look back at the solar flare data and solar activity then, and you see it was in decline. It's weird how that works. But now the only thing in decline is the human brain science itself. You're not allowed to question anything. Science is the act of questioning. And so much of what Democrats have turned it into is you don't, who, who are you to question anything? Don't question me. Don't question this. Men are girls. Boys are women. Blah, 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 blah. This 50-year-old is really a five-year-old boy. Don't you dare do that. It's science. It's settled science. Anybody who tells you science is settled is selling you something. Say that five times fast. But it's true. They don't want you to question. That's what declaring something settled means. Don't question it. Shut up. Learn your place. Shut your mouth. Do not question. It's the progressive way. Obey or else. Before we run out of uh, time, I want to play you a couple of clips here. One from CNN where they accidentally report on, well, they're not accidentally, but they actually do report on the Biden scandal with money flowing to the Biden family from China. I'm sure somebody got fired over this and you probably won't hear it again, but it is worth noting because they did accidentally, you know, when all of their options are exhausted, they did, which is better. They reported on it, which is better than all the nightly newscasts, which haven't mentioned it at all. In a new memo, Republicans on the House Oversight Committee say three Biden family members in 2017 received over $1 million indirectly from a Shanghai-based company, State Energy HK Limited. The money came after Biden associate John Robinson Walker received a $3 million wire from the same company, a transaction that was first publicized by Senate Republicans in 2020. Walker then transferred a third of those funds to various Biden family bank accounts over a three-month period. The new information uncovered by the House GOP, $35,000 in payments to Halle Biden, Bo Biden's widow, $25,000 of which was linked to the Chinese energy company. Republicans also targeting the president's brother James and his son Hunter, and also say they are probing an account linked to an unknown Biden. The memo did not reveal any illegal action by the Biden family members, and the president has long maintained he had no involvement in any of these dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Yeah, we, we know that's not true. I never discussed it. I mean, I met with a lot of people that they were doing business with, and you, you never once thought, hey, why is this guy 
I'm meeting a friend of my son's, but he, he just talks about how much money he's paid my son and what he wants me to do. That's a little bit weird. I, I can't imagine, you know, my kids bring their friends around in the future. Hey, yeah, you know what? I really want to talk to you about this health policy thing. Like, huh? What? Yeah, no, no, no. And I, what I need from you is, what do you mean what do you need? I thought you were over here to watch some TV, have a sleepover. No, no, no. Here's my action report. You need to do this, that. I'm lobbying you. I mean, Joe Biden is dumb, but nobody's that dumb, right? And all this happened long before Joe Biden became completely senile. It's only partial. It's tough to tell. I mean, Joe Biden has always been dumb. So like, when did the senility start? We don't know. But then we have this stupid, since we're talking about stupid CNN reports, we got this next one on inflation. It is, uh, the left is just so desperate to try and explain away. And like, oh, inflation's getting better. They tell you inflation's getting better, but food inflation is getting worse. And then you go, well, how in the hell can food be up 10 point whatever percent and then inflation be down? Well, it's because of the way government calculates it. They don't really count food inflation. They negate, they count other, th- gas prices go down, that counts a lot more than food inflation. You, you, you need gas, sure, but you need food more. But that also the truth makes government look bad, so they calculate it in a way that best makes government look least bad. Listen to this idiot, and then he resent, sort of laments the fact you know you you can't skip buying groceries. Yeah, thank you, Einstein. Right, consumer inflation cooled a bit more uh, last month, the eighth month in a row. It's now at the lowest level since September 2021. That is good news, inflation cooling. But you don't see prices easing very much at the grocery store, right? Let's bring in CNN business reporter Nathaniel Meyerson. This has been something that has been just so troubling in these inflation numbers, that the grocery store prices have been so sticky. Grocery store prices up 10.2% annually, according to the latest data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Why are shoppers still paying more for these important items? Right. So grocery prices have remained stubbornly high. We see higher costs for producers on labor and transportation, especially. They're passing down those higher costs onto shoppers. And we're still going to the grocery store. We still have to buy food. We, there, so there are fewer trade-offs that we can make. So companies, they're raising prices without customers pulling back, unlike in other areas, electronics, furniture. These are sticky price hikes. And once food prices go up, it's much harder for them to come back down. We still have to buy food. We're not really... We're just, and the Einstein, you know, uh, higher production costs in both labor and transportation they pat yeah no kidding no kidding it costs more to make something it's going to cost more to buy that thing you think but these people act surprised by the most basic of market forces ever it costs more to so then uh, they're going to pass those costs on to consumers well no kidding you don't say. So, hey, Democrats, why don't you continue to vote to raise the minimum wage? It's, well, we need, food is costing more. We're going to need to uh, pay people more. We're going to get people paid. We're going to raise the minimum wage. Well, people are already being paid more. Do you want to mandate it, which then has ripple effects because somebody making you want to raise the minimum wage to 15. Somebody already making 15 isn't going to go suddenly. Yeah, yeah I'm making minimum wage. They want to raise, too which is going to cause things to cost more, which is going to cause things to cost more, right? But hey, you can't you can't stop buying food. <laughs> you guys at CNN could tr- give it a try just for like, I don't know, 90 days. Don't buy any food. See how that works out for you, would you please? 
That is all the time we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate the use of your ears. The insanity never stops. We'll be back tomorrow to cover it. Good Lord. I appreciate it. Have a great one.